0: This podcast is rated, not safe for work, for profanity, sexual innuendo, and general silliness. Welcome to Macabre Academy. Yet again, we have showed up. I don't know why, but we're here. And we're going to teach you the things. My name's Steffi. I'm also known as Nerdy Witch, and I'm here with my new co-host.
1: I'm Pat, also known as Hey You Jackass.
0: Jackass? I don't
1: think I've ever called you hey, you jackass. It, well, you're are one of few. <laughs> Next time
0: I come in the store, I'm like, hey, where's the jackass?
1: You know And and Jess will know exactly who you're talking about. As would Adam. <laughs> Everybody'd be like, ah, Pat's not here right now.
0: <laughs> it was so funny. I um uh, on my uh, ex-husband's Father's Day cake, I put a picture of Deadpool and I wrote, Happy Father's Day, asshole on it. <laughs> and he told me that everybody loved and appreciated the name nomenclature that I had placed on said cake. That's fantastic. Like, are you being mean? I was like, no, no. He knows I call him the asshole. He <laughs> knows it. This is a term of endearment at this point. Okay, so I knew we were. I know we were going to get into the call to the grade eleven, but in stuffy fashion. uh, I was not prepared yet because there is so much to go over.
1: I I was just gonna say there's so so much, and I just I was just peeking into the background on May, like that's all the further I got was just May, right? Not so much on Ruth, like you know I was looking at it. I even checked out her IMDb page. There's not so much, but just May, just the background on her alone, let alone the entirety of the whole thing. It's fucked up.
0: Yeah. So. Um, as we're, as we're going to come to know why she, why we're reviewing this case on the Macabre Academy is, um, she started a cult in the twenties and I wanted to give some background because part of her cult involved work with, as people know her, Hecate. Now I decided that let's just break this bitch down on her own separate from the, the, the cult. We're just going to separate this out completely because this is my chosen one of my chosen duty. I have a huge tattoo of her on my forearm here. That's sexy. So much. Uh, I had I had somebody in a uh, cult shop grab my wrist. Let me see your tattoo. Is that a heck of yeah, Yes, ma'am. It is. Please let me the fuck go. Why are you touching me? Why are you touching me? Why are you, why are you touching me? She was just so shocked to see the tattoo, recognized it right away, fucking grabbed my wrist.
1: If it's who I think you're talking about, yeah, the, that woman has no boundaries.
0: None. At all. None. She presented it to several people in the store. Look, she's brought the goddess's energy into the store. We don't shop oh, there anymore, by the way. We don't shop at that store. It's not Pat's store. This is completely no, not mine. I'm not going to tell no, you which no, one no. it is. That's the end of that one. Because I don't (laughs) slam people's businesses unless they did me dirty. I just did not like this woman. Anywho, so I'm going to slip during the episode. And I'm going to tell you why. Pittsburghese is awful. Okay, it's a bad thing. And I got in trouble with a lot of people because uh, Hecate is is a very popular goddess. um, And a lot of people know who she is if you're in the community. I call her Hecate. Now I get in trouble for this. Because that is not how you say her name, not how you say it at all. That is how she introduced myself herself to me, and I will get to that story later. So if I slip and I say Hecate, don't come at me. Don't we? We know it's Hecate, Hecate. Take take your pick, okay? There's there's a couple ways to say it. Yeah, you know that's that's
1: I say Hecate. You know, but that's how I've always been. uh, You know, they're not always, that's how I first heard her refer to. Um, And when I've gone on to um, like Google Translate and been like, hey, how do you say this? That's what comes out.
0: Um, Well, they can't even agree on a spelling. I mean, no, they can't. Yeah. It's a C, sometimes it's a K. And yeah. if you look at it in the Greek, it's like it looks like a, a Keltane or something. Like the pure yeah. Greek of it, it just like it doesn't even look like Hecate.
1: And and I think that's why you have so many people with different pronunciations because you're not the first person I've met that that refers to her that way. Um, I've I've heard it in so many different fashions, uh, some of which to a point where I wasn't sure who the hell they were talking about. But that's one thing that kind of comes with, with DD work, you know, your are UPG, your unverifiable personal gnosis. That's your way of, of worship. So if she came to you and said, my name is, then that's what it is, you know, to you and how you practice and how you worship with her. That's who it is. So anybody that tells you otherwise tell them to go get fucked.
0: Thank you. Um, <laughs> I mean, I like to cover all my bases as much as i can so if i can clarify my my seeming stupidity it is not stupidity. sometimes my my words are conscious choice just like ad instead of common era stuff like that we have conscious Mm -hmm. language choices my favorite is when i get a cake form okay i'll get a cake form and there's a cake wedding cake book okay wedding cake book and it has little numbers like we want cake 372 or we want cake 215. Okay. And then it'll go, we want cake exactly like 327. And then below it will be a list of modifications. <laughs> why, why did you use the word exactly then? Exactly. Stuff like
1: that is why I do not miss being a chef.
0: Yeah, exactly. Did you, are you misusing the word exactly? I believe you are misusing the word exactly. Maybe we need to make a conscious choice, a cake like 372 with the following modifications. That would be more appropriate.
1: Literally, people like that suck. Literally.
0: Yeah, people don't pay <laughs> attention to words when they use them. I have this a lot when... So, you know you know, I'm an empath. I I, I will say this a few times. When I use the word awesome, I don't mean like... Tubular dude, that's so awesome. Okay, like I no, no, <laughs> I use awesome as in being inspired by awe, that overwhelming feeling of awe. So I will use awesome in that sense. So in other
1: words, like the real way it's supposed to be used.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a conscious word choice. So we're gonna use Heck eight as a conscious word choice for me. Okay. So nobody come at me. We're we're. We're 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 informed words use, user of the words at this point. Now, like I like I was saying, like her name in Greek, she comes to us from ancient Greek mythology, and uh, it derived from the word Pegeteos. Let's go with that, which means worker from afar or distant one. Okay, so we're going to repeat a lot of things that she's associated with. So this is the blanket one right now. Okay. Triple moon goddess of magic witchcraft. The night crossroads grows to necromancy. Okay, that's that's the short one. She's the keeper of the keys, a psychopomp that can move between worlds. And she is the only child of, what is it, Tinius, Persis, and Asteria, from whom she receives her powers over earth, heaven, and the sea. And um, there's this one, we know her um, visuals very well. Like when we're talking about like Arashkigar and uh, Ishtar and Iana, we're not sure if that Stella of the, the person with the wings is either of those people, right? We don't know if it's Arashkigar or if it's actually Ishtar. So we don't know because it's so far back in ancient Sumeria. The Greeks are really good about writing shit down. So we know what her visuals are. And it usually comes from Greek vase painting as a woman holding twin torches from the story of, of assisting Demeter while she was in Hades.
1: That in itself is a very interesting story. And it's one I didn't know until you asked me to, to kind of look into the connection with uh, uh, Hecate and uh, Persephone. Um, so to to get fully into understand uh, Hecate's uh, role in it, you gotta f- know the the base story of Persephone, right? So Persephone was the daughter of Zeus, who is one of my deities and Demeter, who was the goddess of agriculture, right? And Demeter was a little bit, let's say, helicopter mom, right? She didn't want her daughter out of her out of her sight. She was very controlling on who Persephone could be around and be with and, and all this good stuff. And we all know uh, Greek gods and goddesses. They really didn't keep it in the toga. They were always looking for the, <laughs> the next round. Um in the toga.
2: Keep it in the toga.
1: I kind of want to make like a little pin now where that (laughs) I'm keeping it in the toga. Um, So she drew the attention of Hades and Hades just completely fell head over heels in love with her to the point of, and this is just a a little side note to the side note, uh, a good friend of ours. uh, She works with Hades and because of her work with Hades, Persephone has now become uh, one of her deities also, because you don't get one without the other. Right. Mm -hmm. The uh, the they the Greeks don't keep it in the toga, except for Hades and Persephone. They're like the only two that have truly formed a marriage of of what you would expect a marriage to be. They don't sleep around. They don't uh, they don't go banging on every door that comes uh, comes within their reach. They're they're truly very loving and very connecting to each other, uh, which is really just the the personification of Stockholm syndrome, right? So, wait, you
0: took something beautiful and then you went. Stockholm.
1: <laughs> I'm good at that. I ruin things.
0: You ruined so, it. So Hades, it's what a marriage a should be, Stockholm. Syndrome.
1: It is <laughs> kind <laughs> of. Okay, hold on. Let's go a little bit further before you say that's what a marriage should be. Okay. You so what,
0: I'm quoting you from 30 seconds ago.
1: Yeah, but then I bastardized it by calling it Stockholm syndrome. Yep. And in that one, I was talking about their 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 monogamy and their faithfulness and, and their love for each other. Not necessarily their origin story. So Hades became head over heels in love with her. Well, let's ignore the fact that technically it's his niece. And he knew that Demeter would never approve, right? Because Hades, underworld, kind of seen as the black sheep of the the Olympian family. And so instead of going to Demeter and talking to her about this, he went to his his, uh, little brother, big brother, Zeus, and was like, all right, bro let's figure something out, right? Totally in love with Persephone. What can I do to convince you to bring her my way? So they talk it over and Zeus agrees. You shall have Persephone. And he kidnaps her. He kidnaps his own daughter and gives her over to his brother to marry. Only the Greeks can think this is a great thing to do, right? I don't think any other pantheon that I've read into has anywhere near the Incest that is in the Greek pantheon. Yep.
0: Uh, now I don't know. The Vikings have have some incest going on.
1: They have some, but I but I don't know. I, I, I haven't read.
0: it though, because like like Freya and Frey are known to hook up, and they're supposedly yeah. twins ish. And the the way that they explain it is, it's not good for mortals to do fuck mortals. Okay, like you're mortal, you don't get that's do fair. You're a god. There's only so many other gods to procreate with. You're all interconnected. So this is an endeavor for the gods, not for people. So that's how they like justify it in a in a religious pantheon, doing the, the incest.
1: True. But if I if I understand it correctly though, they look at it as like, so we we know Loki and Thor to be brothers. Mm-hmm. They call each other brother, but it's more of the line of somebody with a, a very strong connection. They're not necessarily blood brothers, you know. Uh, Odin is the All Father, but he's not technically everyone's dad. Whereas you look in the zoo in the, uh, with Zeus and, and the Greek pantheon, you know, Persephone was his birth daughter. Hades is his birth brother. So there's that that little bit of of questioning you know is it is it phrasing or is it direct lineage um hecate as i can understand it, we'll just throw this little side note in Is not in the direct olympian line so she would be more considered like uh zeus's cousin yeah
2: so put she's a that one.
1: She put a little, a little pin little, in there that there yeah. but we're, we're gonna take her out of the the weirdness side to it anyway we're getting into a whole different conversation so anyway so Zeus kidnaps his daughter, hands her over the Hades. And this is the first time that Hecate crosses into the story because being a psychopomp, she was there to help uh, Persephone transition from uh, the mortal and the living world to the dead. Right. Um, and this is why later on uh, Persephone can't go fully back to the living and and to the top side because she's eaten now. She's eaten of the fruit of the dead, which is uh, pomegranates. Uh, I kept seeing the number six, as in she ate six pomegranates. I didn't see if there was significance to the number or not. So I'm going to assume there is. Otherwise, it wouldn't be added in the story. They would have just said, yo, she ate some pomegranate and done. So I'm sure the if six had one. A, you're
0: okay. But you're yeah,
1: one, two, that's fine. Six, come on, girl, that's a little much.
0: Yeah,
1: you're definitely not going to the <laughs> it. Six pomegranates. You're going to hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, I mean, we joke, but that's kind of what happens, right? <laughs> yeah. That's so, right. not only did Zeus kidnap his daughter, he kept it from Demeter. And everybody kept it from Demeter. She had no idea what was going on. So, for all she knew, the story was that her daughter just said, All right, I'm out, bounced. She just left. Not exactly the case. And Demeter didn't buy it. So she went out and she found as many mortals and gods as she can to help her look for her daughter, one of which being Hecate. Hecate was smart enough to be like, mm, "I'm I'm staying out of this drama. Yeah, yeah, I'll help you look. I'll help you look for your daughter. Not a problem. We'll, we'll look for her. I'll join I'll join the search party. You know, everybody realized that that shit was going to hit the fan when Demeter found out what was really going on. So everybody kind of kept it quiet from her. Uh, eventually, she put two and two together. And she went on strike, which being the goddess of agriculture meant there, you know, drought and famine, that gods couldn't eat and drink, mortals couldn't eat and drink, and shit got bad for a while. Uh, eventually, they all kind of sat down and said, All right, here's the deal. This is what happened. This is why we did it. Can we reach a middle ground? And the middle ground comes out that six months of the year, Persephone lives in the underworld with Hades. Six months of the year, she lives above ground with her mom. So that's why she's, she, she has that really unique kind of facet of being a goddess of death in the underworld and of life. So that was, that was Hecate's little dive into, uh, into the story of, of Persephone, and we uh, kind of digressed into a little uh, side story <laughs> into the incestual behavior of probably the horniest pantheon around. Can we agree on that one?
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot to unpack. So I, I've read several books over the year. Um, I'm going to make a point derived from one said book. It was the, um, liminal rights of, of, of Hecate. And, and the author points out that it's interesting that in the, um, original, um, Greeks, uh, uh, telling of the story only two gods know right away immediately of Persephone's abduction one being Hecate and one being Helios and um I guess there was a bit of a struggle when Persephone was kidnapped okay and she heard this at quite a distance which indicates this keener perception of unseen things in the hymn I have I have the the English translations, and I'm going to do my best to read it here. It says, but not one of the immortal ones or of human mortals heard her voice, not even the olive trees which bear their splendid harvest, except for the daughter of Pasios, the one who keeps in mind the vigor of nature. She heard it from her cave. She is Hecate with the splendid headband. Okay. That's what it translated out to. So she she, she, she knew it. She might have not said it, but she was one of the first people to know. She heard this abduction. And then what's interesting, too, this also, again, cr- starts to create the space where she's a liminal goddess. Um, you'll see her, like I said earlier, associated with crossways, crossroads, but also with the doorways and all liminal spaces. This is, is kind of translated as, as, as she who is in between. And that's because of this tale with Persephone. What's interesting is the gods cannot move into Hades' realm freely, right? Like, they do not just go. Demeter can't just go down there, drag her daughter up by the ear, (laughs) and bring her back. You will not see him. Correct. She can't do that. I mean, that's what I would do if I would go Mm and strike. Like, that's why she strikes. So, in this case, we see her as the proceder and the follower, in the story, she is facilitating this transition between the living and the realm of the dead for Persephone. And as we know, Persephone comes back for half the year as an agreement with Hades um, to try to end that famine thing. That's why we have fall and winter, right? Well, she is always the one that precedes and follows Persephone in and out of of the of the underworld which is kind of like this ferryman kind of deal going on with her. So that also makes her a goddess of significant journeys and transitions. And because she, she helped the other gods who could not do this. And, and, and what's interesting is she doesn't belong to any side. She doesn't like, she's not warring with God. She's, she's not, a, you know, she's not like best buddies with zoo. She's not best buddies with Hermes. She belongs to no one. She kind of just hangs out on her own. And because of those crosswords and stuff, we see her depicted with three faces very commonly. So we're, we're seeing her being able to look in all directions. And then that eventually translates into past, present, future, because she knows the past. She knows the, the present. She, she hears these things as they happen and she knows what's going to result. Also, why she did not tell, um, her mom, right? Demeter, what's up? With Persephone, because she's like, "Oh, this is gonna sort shit out." That's why I'm not gonna. That's fair. That's fair. Gonna gonna sort itself out. So then you're also looking at boundaries and beginnings. The best, um, the best kind of reference I have for this is uh, is a bride being carried over that threshold into her married life. That's a transition. Mm -hmm. That threshold, that doorway, that's Hecate. That's her. That's her realm. And those boundaries, as you start going into to to like philosophy and things, those boundaries can represent the difference between permanence and chaotic limbo. And she can protect anybody who passes through those things. And because she's heading to the realm of the dead, she's also associated with like ghosts. And that will lead itself naturally to cemeteries because she sits at that boundary between life and death. Hanging out there. That's where she is. I'm gonna get a little bit more into that later. But because she opens and closes and moves through those boundaries, um, she's also known as a key holder. Two, why are you looking at me that way?
1: The way you're describing it, it, it reminds me of the movie Coco. Yes. And and the skeleton that sits on the bridge scanning. Uh, the the others as they're trying to go across over the bridge to go back mm-hmm. to celebrate Day and the it just reminds me of that person <laughs> that person that's kind of scanning me like, okay, your picture is on the ofrenda of so and so. Go and enjoy yourself. I just mm-hmm. that that popped in my head as you're telling the story. So the imagery in my mind went from like darker and a little bit more gothic and cemeteries and all this good stuff, and then all of a sudden, boom, bright and happy cocoa. Oh, that, that was the look I'm sorry
0: <laughs> I love it no it's a hundred percent one of the that's a beautiful one I love that like that's appropriate you should have piped up sooner I I the reason I wanted to hammer this home is because we 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 called hecate at at Sawyn right yep. so she's technically a death deity. Because she sits between the boundaries of life and death, not yeah. because she is Hades. She doesn't rule over the underworld, right? She is not the god of the dead persons or the dead place, but she has strong associations with the dead and the souls yeah. that move through those spaces. So that's what makes her a death deity.
1: See, that's why That's why I was glad I saw, and you used the word psychopath earlier. Cause I was, mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about that. I've never actually heard her referred to as one, but as I was doing, you know, reading over some things going through this, I was like, man, I wonder if she would be considered a psychopomp and the way I understand it all, it would, but I've never actually had the opportunity to to ask and talk to somebody who works with her. If that's how they see her.
0: I'm trying to look up the definition of psychopomp for those who do not know. So a psychopomp is someone who guides the souls of the dead. Got. It. 100%. Now I'm going to break this down even more, which is why I'm telling you to put pins in it. So you're going to have to hang <laughs> in with me. Okay, this is a journey we're on. It's a it's a deep journey because this is this is half my journey, right? This is how this information unfolds. So our earliest records of Hecate come from Hesiod when she assisted the Olympian gods against the Titans. Right, the big players, right the these primordial forces of nature, these these ancient gods of chaos, right. um Zeus promised whoever aided the gods in battle would get dominion over what whatever power they held in the air quote "old order, right because they're re- they're realigning everything, right. Now Hecate accepts. And she gets to maintain her control over earth, sea, and sky. And she got a list of wicked cool powers from that battle since she helped, including the judgment of kings, deciding victories in battle, succeeding in sports activities, aiding horsemen, helping sailors and fishermen, farmers and shepherds, reproducing livestock, and the guardian to newborns.
1: But she didn't want much. Not at all. No.
0: No. And what's interesting here is because we only have a few references slipping into the Greek. I, it's interesting to point out that she doesn't have a lot of her own mythology, mm-hmm. right? She just pff, out of nowhere, right? She was, just there. The, she was just there. She's yep. just um, there. Because she's coming in um, from another place. People question whether she's Greek at all. It's like it's like these ancient people saw the thing and were like, oh, we like that bitch. Yep. OK, so she's she's much older than the 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 Greek pantheon being worshipped. And there was a chance that she was adopted over from Asia Minor, um, Egypt or traveled as far uh, as from Mesopotamia. Uh, Theories place her as a primordial goddess who has taken mm-hmm. incarnations over the years to different cultures and she fills a gap left over possibly be placed against an indigenous uh hold on Ken. and she can be placed against indigenous neolithic or early bronze bronze age goddesses the most early reference that could possibly be associated with her traveling like her incarnations traveling is bendis a thracian goddess. Um, it comes from Brita Martis, the sweet maid virgin, to Ephigia who became Hecate. And then we can also see her in the Minoan snake goddess, linked to rebirth, resurrection, and the renewal of life. Um, also called a household goddess due to her attributes of the snakeness and the welfare of the Minoan household.
1: Now, can you? Can you just place real quick uh geographical rough ideas of where like the Thracians would have been and the Minoans?
0: Um, that would have been great if I did that. Okay.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm like so getting just sucked into all of this and, and and listening to you go deep dive into it. It's like I could be sitting here just eating popcorn like that. That should have been my goal for this week.
0: Okay. So you're still looking in the Greek Isles around Italy, like okay. three. Pre-Greek Roman civilization. Okay. So we're still in there. But if you if you actually look at a map, you have like Italy's boots, you got all these islands, and then bam, Asia Minor. Okay. And Thrace is Thrace, where the Thracian thing is sitting in the triangle right above them. So you got Italy, you got Asia Minor on the right, and then Thrace at the top of that triangle. Okay. That is that area. Okay. So it right there. And then, as you know, like Crete is as the fourth point of that. If you head south farther south, so you can see that these are all connected by water trade too. So this wouldn't have been that far. Like we know how far the Greeks or the uh, the Vikings traveled Mm -hmm. and pulled religion and and they're really because they had the little ships and they were explorers and stuff. But you can see that this trade route would have been very very small with this map here. I will screen share. That would probably make my life a little easier. But bam. (laughs) Screen share. Boom. There you There's your your Italy. You got Crete down here, Asia Minor. So, all that's connected. So, everything from those mainlands is traveling in to this waterway and then sharing out from there. Minoan culture is still like 2000 BC to about 1400 AC. So, I mean, that is, that is pretty old, yeah. old culture. Yeah, so you're you're sitting right, right in there. You're sitting real pretty. So that's that's where we're at. OK, so here's here's where shit gets tough. So you got you got this goddess who came out of like fucking nowhere. And the Greeks are like, cool. I like that. I'm going to keep that. We're going to we're going to add this bitch in. We're going to let her battle the Titans. But that means she was around pre-Titans. So she was a proud pre Like they're acknowledging that when they're pulling her in. Yeah. And and um, I think that's it's very interesting to see how deities travel and their 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 incarnations change over time. I had a really hard time with this. I, I think I told you at uh, a salon right? Trying to delineate between uh, like hell and 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 Hades, right? Where they're technically they're both like major deities. They're sitting in. They're ruling mm-hmm. the underworld. Like the rulers. And I'm like, how is she the goddess of the dead? Because I felt like. She shows up. You can see elements of her in oh my god, in Arash Kagal and all this thing. That's why I started the entire Death Goddess series. Period, because I felt like they were all derivatives of of Hecate, right? But then as I as I dug in deeper, they all share very common things, and I do believe like Arash Kagal could be like a form of her. It's not though. I'm learning there's differences, but she's like. Oh my God. She's so complex. And then when you throw Greek philosophy into it, like I'm about to, like I'm about to put a wrench in your brain. (laughs) Okay. So she's a, a, a tough love goddess, no bullshit goddess. Okay. She's a maternal mother goddess. So you'll hear her being referred to as, um, as, as, um, the mother of all witches or the, uh, the divine mother or blah, blah, blah. You will hear all this stuff. What's funny is, is if maybe by the time I get to the end of this, you'll understand why there are times where I call her the dark bitch because she she is she is a mother, but not in the maternal like Mary, your mommy coddling you on your teeth kind of mother. It's kind of like the mother that gives you life and then pushes you out of the nest and goes, you figure it out because That's kind of. Yeah, here you figure it out. OK, so to do that, we have to kind of look at the Chaldean oracles. Which is which is more Greek stuff because they wrote the most on her yay okay so she is the the universal rule of savior mother of angels and cosmic world soul this this is a thing this is a thing okay so Plato is wrote a lot on hecate believe it or not Plato that guy, that hmm. big guy that we reference a lot, right? Like his mathematical equations, we use his philosophy, we use his argumentation and rhetoric, rhetoric and law and dictating classes today, public speak, all of that shit. We also refer to Plato when we talk to math, art, all of these things. He wrote a shit ton on Hecate. A That's
1: really cool. That's yeah. Cool.
0: So I have a translation from him. I don't know if you'd be so kind as to read it. But it it you might have to take some pauses, but it is like a it is a mouthful. But can you read this for me?
1: Yeah, is this is where it starts with uh, the soul is at the center.
0: Yeah,
1: okay. So the soul is at the center of yet encloses the cosmos, thereby representing the threshold between the sensible world and the intangible world. It is composed of and unified uh, composed of and unified opposing principles. That are essential to the functioning of the cosmos. It contains within itself the division and proportions that enable man to structure his world usefully and harmoniously. It plays an essential role in the development and recognition of correct opinion and knowledge. Finally, it is consistent and thus a part of, of uh, thus a partial source of the human soul, which includes mortal elements.
0: Yeah, he wrote a shit ton on the soul. The soul. Now he refers to like seven different kinds of soul, but they're all interconnected. For argument's sake, we're going to say that there is a cosmic world soul and there is a human soul. Great. (laughs) So Plato and Platonians, I believe are his followers are called Plutonians um, believe in a multifaceted intermediary between the two worlds, the worlds of gods and the worlds of men. Okay, those are the two main planes that we're talking about. Of course, when you again get to my Viking roots, there's nine realms, nine worlds. <laughs> okay. This can be huge, but for for Plato's sake, right? There's the physical world in front of you, right, and then there's the 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 God world beyond you that you you you're not a part of. It's just it's on the other side. Okay, there can't be any yep. gaps or discordances in the universe. Everything has to be interconnected. Nothing functions independently of something else. And I love this idea because that's like, that's the foundation of Buddhism, right? All religions say that God or their gods are, are, are ultimately linked. There is, everything is everything, you know, it's okay. But I mean, Buddhists take it a step farther where you're like, there's no difference between me and this table, right? There's, there's, there's a moment that, you know, it's pretty, yeah, there's a moment. A little, yeah, a little different. Yeah. The soul is the link between those two worlds. Cause you know, you have one, but there's no like physical way to weigh or quantify said soul, right? It's all theoretical physics at best for evidence of the soul. You do not be like, you can't just like take off your soul and hold it out and be like, look, here it is
1: so in, interesting enough a uh, uh, side note, and I cannot remember any actual uh names or when the the experiment was studied uh but they've actually come up with a weight of the soul
0: yeah, we did that on the oh. um past lives
2: uh, okay so what okay. they
0: did was is they they there was a i can't remember the guy it's in the episode go listen to it, but they they laid out said person dying on a giant yeah. fucking scale, and then at the moment of death. The body got air quote lighter by a certain amount of weight.
1: It was 21 grams.
0: That's it. 21 grams. This, unfortunately, I like repeatable results. And this is something that they're having trouble repeating.
1: Not many people want to die on a scale.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) I love that idea. The 21 grams is probably the closest thing to trying to Thing. of course there's going to yeah. be naysayers though you have remember devil's advocate oh yeah like that, that could have been gas escaping or blah 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 because that's such a small amount 21 grams
1: it, it very it's it's just under an ounce
0: yeah teeny tiny yeah. i yep i can't remember all the pros and cons against that argument it is literally in the past lives episode, because you do have a a soul to reincarnate means that you must have a soul, right? Yeah. So, like I yeah. broke down that science in my very first episode ever. I can't remember because that was over a year ago. I hate that I know the things, but after two kids, I can't tell you all the things I used to know. That's fair. Yeah, I just remember there was a counter argument as to whether there the science of that one was questionable but I
1: love the idea of it. I I, I think you're, you're the first thing with gases. I, I, when I first heard about it, and I looked into it and I just read it briefly. Um, they were saying like, oh, well, that's just the last little bit of oxygen leaving the lungs and any kind of possible gases that were in there, et cetera, et cetera. Um, which I mean, theoretically, I guess you could blow into a bag and weigh that and see, but I don't know, who knows. There's always, there's always going to be naysayers.
0: There's naysayers on evolution. Yep. There's naysayers on... What, Trump thought global warming is not a thing. He literally got in front of the entire world and said, it's not a fucking thing. My dad decided to throw science at me because he believes the Bible, the Bible world is only 2000 years old. So it's a shame that all the carbon dating in the museum is wrong. The man is, it was a CEO for a giant company three away from the head top owner. Okay, the man made six digits a year, okay? And he's telling me that carbon dating is a lie. And he had science to prove it.
1: The world is flat.
0: Oh, I love the flat earthers. Oh, oh, they're so good.
1: There's nothing crazier these days than flat earthers. And anybody who took offense to that, you're welcome. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) I hope to touch on the flat earthers one day. I want to have this. I want to have the podcast on the flat earth. We're going to get there.
1: I'll tell you what, That when we do that... I will take on the role of flat earther. Okay. I will, I'll, I'll be the one that argues that it's real.
0: Okay. Anyway, let's, let's double back to the soul. All right. Back um, to what it matters. <laughs> okay. Because it's the main link between these two worlds, right? It's, you know, you have it, but it's intangible that the world of gods is intangible. Blah, blah, blah. They're, they're saying that's the link. They're also saying that the soul is inherently feminine. Not that we're all women, the soul itself is feminine. Like, it, it, if you were doing der die das, like in German, it would have a feminine pronoun.
1: Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. Okay,
0: because of its act of creation, transmission, fertilization, and bearing life, those elements make the soul inherently feminine. That makes idea makes sense. Yeah, now our souls are pieces derived from a cosmic world soul connects everything the soul that is everything right and that um comes from an all father according to the greeks now they don't say zeus okay plato never says zeus mm-hmm. he says explicitly all father and he represents he, he he said this particular all father is absolutely transcendent and untouchable that this this ultimate creator okay and hecate's job is to assign every living thing part of that soul. She, so she is known as an insolar because she has access to that because she is liminal. She is in between. So she gets that cosmic world stuff. She puts it in, you know, she grabs it. That's a soul. That's a person. She puts it in, some, in someone or something. Anything that can have a soul, she insouls it. That also means it's her job to move it. So once you die, your soul needs moved. So she's going to remove, move it around to wherever it needs to go. In that sense, she's a mother. Okay? Because she has, she has helped place that soul in your body. At the behest of the cosmic world order, according to Plato. She has put that soul there. It's your soul. It's all yours. It's connected to everything, but she helped it find that particular body. Like, oh, oh, new dead meat carcass? Here.
1: Here we go. <laughs> Empty meat suit filled.
0: Mm-hmm. And then Plato also said that she's the transmitter of paternal intellect. Paternal intellect. Okay, so the the all-father, this, this unknowing father, this father we cannot know, according to Plato, we're still in Plato's world here, is that he sends forth these things thunderbolts they call them thunderbolts of wisdom or inspiration for intellectual intellectual or creative uses now these are all references to ideas according to plato ideas are not your own they come through divine inspiration he also says that these ideas can be referred to as like light or fire so sometimes you'll see hecate being called the light bringer or the fire bringer Uh Inspiration, ideas, those kind of things. She receives them in her womb, <laughs> and then gives them shape to help, you know, transmits them to help create and shape the physical world because that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, according to Plato, Hecate took this idea from the grandfather, the, the All Father, hands it over like electricity to Tesla or whatever. Is like Tesla, here's divine inspiration. Blah blah blah. Therefore, manifesting physical change on this plane. That's so. She's also a keyhole, right? So those keys can be associated with knowledge or wisdom. As a result, uh, according to Plato, and then as we know her, mother of mat of all magic and sorcery facilitates our connection to it. Okay, I'm still on Plato. This is not Steffi words. Okay, this is <laughs> this is Plato. This is the dude with the beard and the toga. My friend handed me a book on. Old Norse magic. It was the first book she ever read. Okay. I have a quote. This guy's from T.J. Conway. Okay. is the author's name. Okay. So hopefully this explains how Hecate is related to being magic magic and witchcraft. Okay. I loved his quote. So I stubbed it right in here. He says that magic is taking energy from another plane of existence and weaving that energy through specific thoughts, words, and practices into a desired form or result.
1: I really like that.
0: Mm-hmm. That's magic.
1: That is a great way to describe it because you know everybody just assumes when they hear magic, they think you know Harry Potter and uh, uh, charmed and throwing fireballs and mm-hmm. all this you know made-for-TV BS kind of stuff. This is yeah. a great quote to really describe what magic is is what we all know in practice.
0: Yes. But that that's there's an art to that because I mean if you really think about it you are taking unseen energy mm-hmm. from another plane of of not physical manifest you know existence and and moving that energy through a desired will. Well guess who also does that?
1: Hecate.
0: Yes, <laughs> so she's facilitating that exchange. With that alternative plane to pull that magic. This is how she is the mother of magic. Okay. And what's interesting is, is she does not always come when she is invoked. Okay. She, she she does not deal with cardinal or greedy goals. You cannot say, dear goddess Hecate, please give me lottery numbers. She will fucking ignore
2: you.
0: (laughs) Like fuck off. Fuck off. I know all things. Giving you lottery numbers isn't going to do do shit for you, okay? Again, we're a tough love. (laughs) You know, so when you work with her, when you work magic with her, you have to say, hey, how can I facilitate bringing abundance into my life? What can I do? Please help me with some divine inspiration as to accumulate more wealth for myself. How can I? You have to do it. She cannot do anything for you that she can't do through you. So that's that's a lofty goal right there. People want instant magic. Mm-hmm. They want like, you ever see Halloween Town? You ever see that yeah. movie?
2: Yeah, we watched oh, it for it the first time this instant. year. Yeah. yeah.
0: Trying to use instant. She tried to use instant <laughs> potion to use that little staff, and it didn't work. Yeah, that's not how <laughs> you can't do that.
1: No. It's it's the the uh stereotypical, you know, give a man a fish or teach a man to fish kind of a deal.
0: Mm-hmm. This makes her very hard to work with though. So she's not for the faint of heart. She's not for the new witch. Not at all. You can't just be like day one. I'm a witch today. And Hecate is my
2: goddess.
0: <laughs> that is not going to work. Not going to work.
1: An- unfortunately, we see, we do see a lot of, of young practitioners. And and I mean, young as in uh, experience and not necessarily in actual age. You know a lot of these, a lot of these dark goddesses and death goddesses and and whatnot, and you know I'm going to include my my personal patron deity, the Morrigan, into this one. Um, you know they they've somehow gotten this fluffy bunny kind of aspect and and thought to them, and people tend to ignore the fact that you know their their older uh, mythos and and they forget that they can be some bad bitches that are going to teach you a hard lesson. And they just want to think it's all, yeah. So Mm -hmm. some of the stories have been really bastardized lately and and it's, it's unfortunate. uh, Cause I, I, I'm sure uh, Hecate and the whole lot of them are just sitting there like rolling their eyes, like, no, I'm not going to help you find the love of your life. You're 15 or, or, you know, we're not going to try to win the lottery. You're 12. Figure out and learn things.
0: Yeah. I was, my therapist is like, what if you pray to her and she doesn't answer? And I said, the no, the non-answer is the answer. It means yeah. that thing isn't important enough for me to be focusing on. Yeah. If I'm asking for help with something and she doesn't answer, that means I shouldn't be worried about that thing. Yeah. I'm not looking at it right. Don't, don't do the thing. Yeah. This is not worth your time. This is not where your energy should be. I'm not even bothering with this shit. Yeah. It takes them a level of maturity to get there. So you have you you have to have that to work with some of these heavy hitters like this. Agreed. Heavy hitters.
1: Agreed. Yeah. Again, the the Morgon is is very very similar. You know, it, it's 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 the same. You know, if I'm I'm trying to work with something, look at something, or get something, and and you know it doesn't come. It's because she's saying the same thing of no, this isn't where it's supposed to be right now. This is not what we, it's not what you're going to have. What you're going to get. What you need. Now with her, you know, she'll she'll take a, a physical hand to it. And If I'm not catching the message right, I'll, I will get slapped upside the head. <laughs> Plain and simple.
0: That's probably why we get along. We're both used to. <laughs> used Those to. we
1: love abuse us.
0: Oh, so much tough love. So much love. No, what's uh, moving on slightly. Um, we're we're gonna take some play-doh and we're gonna take some other shit and kind of mold this around. There's a podcast I absolutely love, and I've I have talked about going over this for literally since I started the podcast, and it's called Morbid. And when they're talking about somebody who's done something particularly heinous, they call him a demon. Oh, what a demon he is! You know, they're they're playing with the word demon. What they don't understand this professional co- podcast is that demons are actually a thing. Yeah, and they're not demons; they got translated into demons later. Yeah, but yes, demons are a thing. Now, Hecate has dominion over demons, so let me explain what demons are. Do you, well, what do you know them to be? Before
1: I as kind of as start? I understand them, they're they're non human. So they're really kind of anything that is, uh, I don't want to say necessarily alive, uh, but it's any energy, any spirit that has consciousness, it has being, but is not human.
0: Yeah, um, I'm going to just expand because that's a okay. beautiful Please. explanation. We're going we're gonna to rip that apart. They help delineate, but also connect because they also move through the worlds because they belong to neither. Demons are interesting they're they're kind of um they are a a primordial form that eventually gets interpreted into angels and demons they get split okay but what they are is like they will transmit messages prayers oracles dreams and esoteric knowledge they're they're inspiration they're you can have a, a daemon attached to you and it can inspire you to do amazing things if you want to Um, let's say you want to make an amazing piece of art or an amazing piece of music, right? They harmonize and attune that gap between the other side, okay? So they can bring that divine inspiration to the thing that you're doing. The problem is, is that if they're attached to you. So if your ultimate goal is to harm someone, they can help give you an otherworldly inspiration to do said harm they're inherently neither good nor bad. Mm -hmm. They're they're nothing. They only transmit because they're spirits. They're an entity, right? And they have some consciousness. So they're going to get attached to you. They're going to get drawn to you. They're going to do the thing. You know, they're like, oh, 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 this person really wants to do this thing. Oh, let's pass some of this along from the other side, right? And she can help she, she can, they're under her domain because they are moving these thoughts and divine inspirations. Okay. But that's where they get translated into demons, right? The Christians rather go, this is evil than it can't be evil or good. But I say this all the time. Good and evil is a manifestation of man. That is not the other side. There is no good and evil right? The, the acts of, of men are good and evil. Like it is the man that does the evil. The daemon does not do the evil or in, yeah. this, or in translation later down the line, the, the daemon is not doing the evil. The person is. Yes. Yeah. They are being inspired by the person. The person attracts that into their life. So you're going to have somebody who brings malevolence into the world because they're attracting malevolence. But if you're not, if you, you know, it's, 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 it's a manifestation of you. Okay. No. okay. They're not doing the evil. So why did Christians go fuck your demons? They're evil. No, 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 no. They're not. Cause they're also angels. Okay. They're the same thought. They're the same thing yeah. as angels and demons, right? You know how angels are, are, de- you know, the devil's an angel that fell. What's
2: it? Yeah.
0: It's that's, they're demons, okay? That's the primordial form, demons, okay? That, that otherworldly connection, those spirits that connect you to the other side.
1: Well, it's it's the same thing, you know, like the uh, the Irish she, you know, the, the fey folk, the mm-hmm. good neighbors, however you like to call them. You know, everyone's always like, oh, they're evil. No. Like you said, good and evil is a human construct. They're non-human beings. Mm-hmm. So how can, you, how can you hold them to the standards of something they don't understand? Because in their world, it just does not exist.
0: It does not exist. And what's interesting is they, they coincide with magic very easily because they'll help attune things together. So they're also moving that magic between the use of, of music, herbs, stones, and animals. So they're helping intensify those vibrations of the stones and blah, 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 things like that. Now in Greek, in the Greek, Particularly, um, they're also known as um, Ignis or something I N G N E S or blah blah blah. blah. It doesn't matter. So they they're very strongly associated with two things: with birds and dogs. Okay, eventually, demons are very much associated with dogs, more particularly man's best friend, like you were saying, like the good neighbor, blah, 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 blah. the dog, the faithful companion. Okay, but these 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 again will get pushed into Hecate's domain again. So you're going to see her associated with these dogs. You're going to see her associated with birds, particularly dark birds, because they are messengers, right? There's a very strong avian connection between messengers. Like people are like, I saw a dove. It was a sign from God. Oh, I saw these crows. It was a sign from uh, Odin. Okay. You're going to see a very strong connection to the divine and birds because they seem otherworldly because they exist in a space that we cannot. All right. Those, Those messages, again, are going to cement that association. But then again, that falls under her blanket. I actually had somebody, I I felt like I had like a confirmation from Hecate one time because I heard an owl hooting after a ritual and somebody yelled at me. They're like, no, 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 That's this goddess's bird. Fuck you. Number one. Okay. Fuck you. (laughs) Just because I heard a bird, I heard the owl in the night after I did a ritual to Hecate for her specifically. So why would another goddess answer? Exactly. A, mm, a lot of the, the owls are associated with wisdom. They're associated with night. Guess who is also associated with owls or with night and wisdom? It's the owls. Fuck off.
1: Exactly. Fuck, fuck the fuck off. <laughs> like I was saying in the beginning, everybody wants to put their two cents in on how you should practice your practice. At the end of the day, it's yours. Everybody going to fucking suck it.
0: Yeah, you can link anything you want. Don't, don't piss on my parade, okay? This is these yep. are my Wheaties. I'm going to eat them. <laughs> hey, stay over there. You're also going to see her associated with snakes and frogs. Things like that. Snakes are wisdom. They're of the ground, yada, yada, yada. The forbidden fruit knowledge, blah, blah, blah. That's all in her domain. So that's blah, blah, blah. But mostly it's marginalized and shameless creatures is, is her thing. That's her thing. Um, horses get lumped in there somehow. But I don't know if that's from the Greek thing with the with the 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 horseman thing from the 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 Titan battle or what. But horses <laughs> are her shit. I'm not going to break down horses right now. My favorite though is okay. So she's connected to the soul. She's connecting you to the divine, which means she can also help save your soul with you. You know, guidance and blah 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 blah. blah. So it's, I think when you start piecing all these things together and her interconnectedness into everything that is and everything that will be and blah, 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 based on these things, it's really easy to see why she would have been popular. Mm-hmm. Um, she was very heavily worshipped in the Hellenistic period when Christianity was on the rise. She had a universal sovereignty, mistress of the cosmos. She, was a, she would save your soul. Guess who that made her arrival of?
1: I'm guessing he was a carpenter.
0: A very famous carpenter, yes. The Jesus.
2: The Jesus.
0: The Jesus, the ruiner of the things. The Jesus.
2: Well,
1: that was your um, mistake because you don't fuck with the Jesus.
0: You don't fuck with the Jesus. <laughs> so, because these demons, right, when they were splitting, were very highly associated. With the, the demons, right? Everything that wasn't Christian was evil. Okay. Yeah. So those demons, demons, evil, whole Greek pantheon, evil. Oh, shit. We're losing all these people because they have their own world savior. They don't need their soul saved because Hecate is doing it. Oh, shit. What are we going to do? Easy. easy, 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 easy. Ready? Evil. Ready? No. They went, oh, we can't fight her. We're going to join her. Ooh. Mother of angels. Boom. Boom, angels are good. That means Hecate is good. She's not your savior though. she just helps out with the angels. but you can come over to this side and still hang out with her is what they did. They, they couldn't fight her. they couldn't fight her. so the only way to convert the Hecatean uh, followers was to join them. That was the only way.
1: That's fantastic.
0: Yes, and we are going to see that particular part, mother of angels. In our our episode on the cult of the great Uh,
1: I see what you did there. Coming full circle, tying it all in together.
0: All right. Yes.
1: I was wondering where where that was coming through.
0: Right. So Hecate, as we know her, is not going to be my main deity, blah, 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 blah. They're going to take it to a different place. They're going to talk about her as the mother of angels through a Christian lens, even though she's a goddess. Okay, they work with her in that aspect, not in the aspect in which I work with her or as you know people to work with her, you in Okay. So, she's going to um, you know, migrate migrate on over. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. So, big thing with her is epithets. She's got a lot of them. I have a book with four pages of a 12 point font. Just listing epithet, 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 epithet. It just goes on and on and on and on. You could call her anything you want, including the dark bitch. Like you could literally call her anything.
1: The bitch got titles.
0: Yeah. The finder of the ways, the in-between, blah, blah, blah. Some of the more popular ones are the queen of the witches, the dark mother, the dread goddess, the knowing one, the protectress, the keeper, the holy creatrix. Okay. Those are just a few um brimo they use a lot uh the the uh the storm bringer okay uh, a lot with her uh, she's got she's got a laundry list she likes her titles you can call her anything
1: what do you know her as
0: nine times out of ten it's the dark mother or the dark bitch
2: okay
0: nine times out of ten and honestly, I mean bitch from a place of love. Oh yeah, because I yeah. consider myself a bitch. It's a part of tough love. It's a badassery thing. Um, uh, bitch is also associated with dogs. So when I saw I'm like that dark
2: bitch,
0: <laughs> it's the same way I'm calling my husband an asshole. That's my ex husband, right? It's kind of out of a place of love. It's mildly out of annoyance. It's also with her association with dogs, but in a positive way. Even though it's a negative nomenclature. It's And and so far, I have not been struck down for using the dark bitch.
2: But no, has I'm not been smoked.
0: Sure, no, but I'm pretty sure if you had given me Hecate in that circle and I went, dark bitch, the other lady who worked with her, her jaw probably would have dropped. <laughs> I don't know if she knows the things that I know because I know too many of the things. I know too many of the things at this point. Um, My... Uh, Please tell me you learn new things about the Hecate.
1: Oh yeah, very much so. This is yeah. this is a lot deeper than I've ever gotten. Um, you know, yeah. my goddess, like yours, has a laundry list of of potential origin stories and legend, and so many ways to work with her. So, uh, the last couple of years, that's been my main. The, you know, focus of, of studying of, of deity. So learning of, of too many other goddesses beyond just kind of the, the basics has, has been taken a back burner. So this was really like, hats on. i was just sitting here like,
2: what
0: next? What next? <laughs> so, I mean, I got some of the regular stuff in here. Like she, her favorite colors is red, white, black, reds, the blood, whites, the bone and the, you know, and, and the ghost and black is the night and the unknowable, blah, blah, blah. Like you could go through all the things. Okay. She's, she's known big for plants and death. She likes the app, the alcohol, herbs, drugs, poisons. Um, you'll see her associated a lot of times with poisonous plants. Um, that's because of the Homeric Homeric hymns and Ecclesian mysteries. Uh, her favorites are like frankincense and myrrh. I mean, I could, we could do the chocolate. I mean, we could break mm-hmm. all the things down, all the things down. Um, you know, she, she, she. Or one of her symbols is the fucking dagger because it cuts away delusion, gives away empowerment, blah, blah, blah. Rope is one of her symbols. It's uh, umbilical cord of life and rebirth. It's also a lifeline if you need saving. Like we, we could do that all day. You got the torches. You got the fire. You got, you know, cemeteries. Um, uh, oh, there's so many things. I feel like you can just go look that up. Like that's yeah. everybody's got that information. You don't need that for me. One of my favorite ones that was kind of hidden gem in one of my books is that the association with the earthquakes and the storms. Um, Most people think that her arrival and her departure were marked by earthquakes and storms because um, our plane was not meant to hold the gods for too long. And she Mm -hmm. is so immense and so powerful that if she comes across our plane in any great, meaningful way, to, to inhibit change or to move souls or something, something major is gonna result in earthquake or a storm. So they call her the dread goddess. And that's also the, those storms and things she's associated with unabashed justice, be, justice as well, because she needs the knower of the things, she sees the things, and she can she can bring kings to their knees. Like she can obliterate anybody if she really wanted to. It's just What's crazy about her is, it's it's like, I think with any, with any deity that is all powerful in some way or form is having all that power and not using it, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, the things, so, you know, you almost never need to step in, you know, kind of deal. But that's, I think that's kind of, that's kind of it for my notes on, on things I wanted to discuss. Cause I was trying to get into the most obscure shit that I could, and then try to explain how she relates to the cult of the great 11 with the angels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see her pop up again in the cult of the great 11.
1: Well, I got to say, you know, I, I always get a little pissed off when people are like, Oh, Hecate and the Morrigan are like the same goddesses just in different yep. pantheons and different names. And I never understood how people could make that assumption.
0: Well, I did too. Looking,
1: well, and, and I by too. looking at some of this stuff, like the, the little stuff you have at the end and just like the the stuff that's like just surface deep and not a deep dive, I understand why people make that association when they don't, you know, when when they remain ignorant, you know, ignorance yeah. in the in the, the 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 technical definition of it of just not having the knowledge, the information for it. So I can I, I understand that a little bit better now when you you know looking at the full deep dive is still like no you're stupid that's not real but <laughs> but no, even to no, the point it's, of it's like. Even to the point of like uh, mm-hmm. the colors of red, white, and black, same mm-hmm. colors. So, you know, on the, the quick look, I can see where the, the new practitioners be like, oh, they're the
2: same guy Well,
0: you my, one me. of my favorite stories is the Morrigan is for watching her, washing her cunt over the riverbed. Right. And she's straddling two lands and she's yeah. not of either at that moment when she's washing her bits, when she lays yeah. with the guy that comes up, I can't remember if it's a king or whoever. But he comes up and he's like, I'm going to fuck. I'm going to tap that. I'm going to get that. Right. And then shit happens. Right. But I'm like, she's not a sex goddess. Like she does not have the sex. She, none of her, none of her lore. I could have broke this down like the morgon and went through every myth in two parts, through almost three parts like I did uh-huh. with the morgon. And then I, I I thought better of it after that. But I'm like, there, there's no, there's none of the sex. It's like the further you dive, she is more of an esoteric knowledge keeper Mm -hmm. and, and liminal. You know, when I'm thinking of the Morgon, I'm not thinking those things. I'm thinking a lot of other big power moves.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: I, I'm like, she, she's moving souls around and shit.
2: Yeah.
0: I, 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 they're like, oh yeah. And, and who wins battles and shit? No, 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 no. She's like, okay, all you fuckers are going to die. So I'm going to have to take all your souls over here you know, or all your souls over there.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, see. And, and, but there's, there's aspects of that in the Morrigan. you know, she, her cauldron is, is where the souls can then, you know, jump into, to be reborn. So there's a little touch to it, but it's nowhere near the capacity of what Hecate does whatsoever, you know? No. And, and again, like I said, you know, on the surface, I can, I understand a little bit better now why people make that, that mistake but it's really
2: not.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, do you, do you have any questions for me that you feel like I didn't cover or anything else you want to compare to the moron, on knowing that I go the things now or.
1: Not really. Actually, let me ask you this one. This is more of a, uh, what do you think kind of a, a question, but so being a goddess of the crossroads and, you know, obviously all the old gods people would go to for, you know, knowledge, information, favors, activities, all that kind of stuff. Do you think she could be the origin of the lore of the the Christian crossroads demon?
0: I mean sure. I mean she's working with demons mm-hmm. at Crossroads, right? That's yep. her thing. So I 100% could see how that would manifest. I mean, a lot of her worshipers would leave her offerings at the crossroads. Yeah. They would sacrifice animals at the crossroads. Yeah. So having Christians view that and going, oh, there must be a demon at these crosswords. This mm-hmm. is where the devil must be working makes complete and utter beautiful yeah. sense. Because this is, this is laying, right? They, they're, they're in bed together. Hellenistic yeah. uh, practices of this in early Christianity hundred percent, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, there are some, there are some rituals that Plato and some of the books went over where people would um, try to, they believed that you could um, compel the souls of, of people who have passed to help connect you to Hecate. So you would petition the dead to do the magic for you. Um so Plato was and, talking about necromancy. Yeah.
1: That's really yes, cool. I didn't yeah. think he I didn't think he had it in him.
0: It it maybe I should present you with this book and be like, here, read the book. <laughs> but that's where a lot of these ancient Greeks were practicing. They were practicing in the cemetery because they thought, okay, the dead are here. They're they're the closest thing to Hecate on the other side. They're my relative. They're they're my buddies that I used to play pool with. If I can bring them forth to help me manifest her to get to the big shit, they would.
2: That makes
1: perfect sense.
0: Yeah. That is not the way that I go about it. But I do have, you know, I do have cemetery dirt when I'm working with her and stuff. But The difference for me as a modern practitioner is I have dirt from the graves of people that I love and I'm not asking them so much as, as, as the energy and the dirt to help me connect. Um, yeah. I'm not saying, "Hey, Grandma, if you could come hang out with me, <laughs> while well, I try to call Hecate, that'd be great." <laughs> can you, you know, I'm gonna bring you back from the dead just so I can get to this Almighty Goddess, so she'll give me the secret to magic and sorcery. Is that cool? <laughs> like that's that's not that's not how I work. That's not okay, how. Okay,
2: dear, we will do that.
0: Yeah, let's get right on that stuff. <laughs> I'm sure my grand my, my grandma would roll over in her grave. She'd be like, "Fuck no." Yeah. <laughs>
1: Nope. Ugh. That's
0: it. That's, that's all like, I got.
1: That's like with my, uh, my grandmother that uh, used to read cards when she was younger and, and ended up giving it up. And I tried getting her to teach me for the longest time. And she kept saying, nope, nope, nope. I taught your sister. That's it. Well, since she's passed on I've, and I've started reading re- You know, all, pretty much all the time, um, I've definitely gotten the message from her of, I told you No. We're not doing this. I told you no. No.
0: Nope. Tough. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Well, my we'll deal
1: with this them when them. I pass over to the other side, and then you can whoop my ass.
0: Mm. I think the other point I want to touch on before we wrap up this episode is I get in trouble with Vikings a lot. I get in trouble with Vikings a lot. I do. I do. I get I, I'm a big shocker. I'm a rebel. Big shocker. They're <laughs> like, how can you say? That you're a Norse pagan. How can you say that you're a Viking if Hecate is your sovereign, if she is your savior? How is that even fucking possible, right? They're like, there's no way that you can work with the Norse and with her. There's no way, right? She can. Yes, she can. In in Steffi world, right, because she is the dark bitch, okay? She's the dark mother. Uh, The message I got from her, and I'm not going to go into the deeps of my spiritual practice or whatever, the message I got from her from working with her is like, Steph, I'm here for the big shit. I'm here for the important shit. I'll transmit your messages as per my job, but I cannot come running every time you trip (laughs) over a broken shoe and start crying. I cannot help you with all of this little shit. And she was the one that actually pushed me into Norse paganism. She said, this is the set of gods that you need to work with to get through the day-to-day shit. I'm not here for this. This is not my job. Okay. I'm not doing this. If you want to empower yourself, if you want to, if you want to do these things for yourself, you're going to do it by working with these people. Because I cannot be here for every little, you know, cup of spilt milk. I yeah. can't be here every time you need a little tissue. Okay. That's n- uh, no, no. I'm the, I'm, that's not, no, that's not the kind of mom I am. I love you. You're under my umbrella. You're, I called you to be one of my witches, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta go make some other friends. <laughs> so that is, that is how she is not, she is not any of the deities in those pantheons, just like how she's not your Morrigan. She is not Freya. She is not Odin. She is not, she is not Loki. She is not, she's not even hell. She's not even hanging out, watching over my loved ones. Okay. She moved them there, but she's not hanging out with them down there. You know, she, she got them to where they needed to go, but hell's watching over the people that are in the other, the other world that haven't been reincarnated or moved on to the next if That's the plane that they're in. That's the goddess I need to talk to. Leave me alone. You know? So it's just like these relationships with the universe and how they work are so complicated. They're mm-hmm. so complicated and not, and I get, I, I, as a, as a, as a pagan, I get now why you can't just go to one God. Cause I went from, from Christian to atheist to agnostic to having one God, goddess. I went back to monotheism again and just decided just to work with Hecate cause she's the only goddess I heard. She's the only one that called me to work with them. And then she pushed me to go, fuck stuff. There's more, there's wow. so much more you don't know. And you need to know. And now I get why there is this huge pantheon of gods and entities that move around the world. And whatever the fuck you call them, there, there's no way that there's just one. You, not, not one can do everything for you. And,
1: and that's the nice thing about being a pagan. You know, the basis to it is acknowledging that there is more than one god, that there's more than one pantheon. And, you know, we, we don't have to be exclusive. You know, I I always think of um, uh, Aladdin when I think of this and and the genie songs like try some of column A, take all of, you know, try all of column B. And that's really what it is. You know, I I'm an Irish pagan. I know very little about it because there's so much to learn. Right. It's a very long process to to be really good and, and knowledgeable on it. But I still work with Zeus because he came knocking. And you know what? It's good to have a bro around every now and then. When I need uh, uh, help making a decision, I turn to Thoth of the Egyptian pantheon. You know, my wife is a Norse pagan. Loki hangs out at our house all the time. So, you know, and and the more you you open yourself up to the possibility of more than one being around, life's just so much more fun.
0: (laughs) It is. You can also get rejected by (laughs) God. God in a way. We've had this conversation before, yeah. but we're gonna, I'm gonna throw that in there. Cause just because you reached out and like, Steph, this sounds great. I want to go work with Hecate. And then you go out there and you're like, Mighty Hecate, I am here. Blah, blah, blah. And nothing no. happens. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. Uh okay, try somebody else. Because when I went Norse, the first thing I went to was I went from Hecate to like, hey Odin buddy, what's up? And Odin. And again, in my interpretation of my my practice, I got, hey, Steph, uh, not right now. Yeah, not right now. I'm not I'm not going to I'm not ready to work with you. You're not ready to work with me. Not right now. So I got a, a lovely like. Push to the side, like Odin was like, yeah, you you know, you can talk to me, but I'm I'm not you're 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 not ready. We're yeah. we're not going to have this conversation. So I, I did get rejected by one of the first gods I reached out to in the North period. Pantheon. I did. It was just like a
1: nope. No, nope. Now, and and here's a, a good side note to bring up to anybody out there that is just starting deity work. You don't have to work with the guy, with the deity just because they come to you. You can be the one that says, no. That's okay. You don't have to. We get a lot of people like, oh, well, I guess I'm working with so and so now because they came and it's like, no, you don't want to. Don't do it. It's that simple. The, they're a god. They'll be okay.
0: <laughs> All right. So I, I think we're going to wrap wrap up our little roundtable discussion on the the Hecate this week so we can dive into May Otis Blackburn and the Cult of the Great Eleven dun, dun, next dun. week. Yes. Yes. Um, that being said, I left my non-offensive dares in the other room for when I was typing up
1: my notes on that. Okay, well, you grab that and I'm going to go get my dare from last week. All let
0: right. right, let's, let's show off your non-offensive dare from last
1: week. All right, so the dare was to do a drawing all in crayon. Right. So let me premise this with, I used to fancy myself a bit of a drawer back in the day and the the beginning of the beginning of the pandemic. I, I dabbled back into it. I've had a lot of fun with it. Crayon has never been my method, <laughs> so it's kind of rough, but in honor of last week being Baphomet, we did love a little him. baby Baphomet. I love
2: him. so
1: oh, chubby. A little chonkers. A little chunkers. I didn't give him boobs though. I stay. I stayed, I stayed. away from the boobs.
2: I figured if I if
1: I put the boobs in, we'd have to like pixelate.
2: <laughs> There's no censoring
0: on the boobs. <laughs> okay, so we need a new dare. Okay, witches, it's time for your weekly non-offensive dare. It's kind of like extra credit here at the Macabre Academy. To mark my 100-episode commitment to my producer and sister, Sound Maiden, I have come up with 100 safe dares to bring silliness and random acts of kindness into this fucked-up world. We'd love to see our listeners creatively complete these dares on Facebook, The Macabre Academy Podcast, also on Twitter, at The Macab Academy, on Instagram, The Macab Academy, and on TikTok, The underscore Macabre. Underscore Academy, do something extraordinary, and I might just send you something special. Oh, okay. I'm picking one from my list. Okay. All right, we're gonna go with dare number fifty-two. Ooh. Yep. Uh, the dare, if you will, is to tell someone the truth.
1: No, I'm good. We're done. <laughs>
0: Your truth could be this podcast sucks ass. You could tell me that, and it'd be the truth. It hey, would not be
1: the truth. I fucking love this podcast.
0: I'm just, I'm just I mean. saying that there is the truth. So sometimes the truth could be telling somebody that you mm-hmm. admire them, and you haven't been, you know, able to tell them the truth about you know admiration you hold. There could be some other dark truth that you need to let out it's it's liberating right telling somebody the truth so there your truth could be a good truth it could be uh uh it could be a bad one that you need to get off your chest doesn't matter what it, truth is 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 uh can be interpreted many ways here
1: it's a very dangerous word
0: yeah the truth so if you can go safe you know telling somebody the truth or you can teach deep dig deep And try to make a transformation by telling, finally finding the courage to tell the truth for something you've been trying very hard to for a very long time. Uh, Interpret that as you will, because these are supposed to be acts of goodwill and bringing kindness into the world and things like that and and doing good things. So, you know, and, and if this is good for you, then tell the truth. If doing something for somebody else is better, tell the truth. It's telling the you know there ah oh, there's just so many ways to tell some to tell the truth in so many different ways, so many different ways.
1: All right, you're making me think and soul search at the same time. You're the devil, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's my truth. Damn it!
0: Ah, <laughs> you heard it here first. I'm the
1: devil. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy! All right, we'll figure that one out.
0: All right, now we got to say goodbye. It's always the hard part. I never have a good way to start and I never have a good way to end.
1: Well, do we want to do the, the terrible?
0: Yeah, let's do terrible. Right. Find the truth you need to tell.
1: <laughs> well, actually, I think this is, uh, this is kind of a fun message to come out. So I, I reached into, uh, the box of, uh, where we have the cards that are in the house. You know, most of my decks are at the shop now. Uh, shameless plug, come on down to the menagerie in Bellevue. If uh, you'd like your tarot or Oracle cards, read. uh, we have, uh, I, I, do most of the readings there, but we do have my wife, Jessica and our candle maker, Adam, all of us are available to do readings. A little shameless plug. So, uh, Don't you sell I, them
0: on your website too.
1: We yeah we can we can do it on the website. So if uh, if you're not in the Pittsburgh area, or if you still just don't feel comfortable going out and uh, uh, sitting on a couch, uh, you know, next to somebody, that's perfectly fine. We can set up uh, uh, readings via email or uh, Zoom as well. So however you feel comfortable with it. Uh, so anyway as i'm reaching into the box i grabbed the deck and about three quarters of the deck came out and the card that was there i was like okay that's it this is who it's gonna have to be we have pulled the empress
0: oh, and I watched extremely it the video too.
1: extremely appropriate
0: you were not rifling, you grabbed the deck oh. and pulled it over and I yep. slide. There was not, and I that did was not watch to flip through cards. Yep. That's
1: great. That was it. So I think, uh, and I'm, I'm getting a little bit of a tingle in my back right now, which usually tells me <laughs> I'm on the right uh, direction. I'm saying this. So I, I think our message is coming directly from, uh, the, the dark bitch, man. She's coming right from her. And that is to challenge us and, and make us realize that we can be the powerful we can have the power from within us we can be that bad bitch take charge hold your head up high stand your ground and be the best you can be this week
0: love it love it that's it guys go be the best you can be have a good week bye this podcast was brought to you by nerdy witch in partnership with sound maiden We want to thank all of our wonderful Patreons, especially our long-term house witches, Tara and Andrew. For updates, please remember to follow the Macabre Academy on all of our social medias. Please send in your thoughts, stories, and episode corrections to the Academy at gmail.com. Remember to like, share, and listen wherever you stream your favorite podcasts.